0: then declares war on Russia, Serbia declares war on Germany, and France and Great Britain declare war on Austria-Hungary. The First World War has begun, and all because of a wrong turn. All right, turn the lights on. I don't know if you caught that, but basically they're saying the, the, the thing that really set it off was the driver of the vehicle that Archduke Ferdinand was in took a wrong turn and it just so happened to be that the co-conspirator of the ones who tried to bomb the, that car was having a drink as that thing as his his car came back around so he runs out and he finishes the job and here one man uh, uh, sets the whole thing uh, off uh, and it becomes one of the deadliest conflicts in the history of uh, uh, mankind uh, with over 16 million people killed And this is usually the case, especially in a major and dramatic event in history is there's a backstory to it. Uh, There's surrounding events and circumstances and situations that right before the whole thing happened uh, don't really uh, 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 seem very evident. Uh, Amen. Uh, The previous buildup before the actual explosion. Uh, And many times it's seemingly a strange coincidence that takes place uh, that leads uh, to the catastrophe. And I want to look at this because we've had some very interesting times that have occurred over this past week. Unless you've been living under a rock, you don't know what I'm talking about. But what I want to do is address it from the point of view of this book. And God is like a great orchestra conductor. To the novice, I've been to a couple of, uh, of uh, 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 orchestra performances. Uh, and to the uninformed and unfamiliar, the orchestra conductor is just a guy up there with this funny little stick in his hand. And he's just kind of moving his hands all around. Uh, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you're in the orchestra or you are a, 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 a veteran of uh, of going to orchestras, or if you've been a part of one, you understand that that orchestra conductor uh, with that wand in his hand, uh, he's conducting uh, every section of that uh, group of musicians uh, and signaling to them uh, when to play, whether it be a flute solo or a violin solo uh, or something of that, or, or it's the entire violin section or the drummers, uh, he He's keeping the the tempo, he's keeping the beat, he's doing all of that with his arms, his hands, his feet, uh, even his head uh, and different things and he's got the thing completely under control. And it's actually a beautiful sight uh, and a beautiful thing to listen to when you see someone uh, that uh, does that well. And at the end of the, when the music's uh, finished, uh, amen, it's the conductor who steps out uh, and bows, and then he introduces the entire orchestra. Listen, God is an orchestra, and things are happening. In our world and God is in complete control of everything and nothing happens without his foreknowledge and permission. He says that, you know what, a sparrow does not touch the ground without me knowing it. He says, I know the number of hairs on your head. So God is in complete control. He knows everything. Amen. And at the same time, he is a, the, the perfect balance between God, sovereignty of God and the free will of man. You cannot understand it. You'd have better luck teaching a dog how to do calculus than understanding the sovereignty of God and yet the free will of man. Amen. And thank God that we can't fully understand God. I am so glad I don't understand God. If I could understand God, then he wouldn't be God. My brain's not that big. And neither is yours. You can't tell me how God does miracles. Thank God. I can trust Him. I can rely upon Him. But I cannot fully understand Him. He is God. We are not. And I want to make the declaration that there are a lot of things happening in our world today. Amen. Especially in the last week. Amen. And I want to declare that we are living in the last of the last of the last days. We are living in the last of the last of the last days, and things are happening very quickly in this world that were prophesied. Thousands of years ago, 25,000 years ago, the orchestra is rapidly making its way to the final crescendo, amen, and it may seem like random events, but God is a great orchestra conductor, and just as the wrong turn by the driver, amen, came to the, or issued out in World War One, I'm telling you, things are working in our society, in our world that are quickly and very rapidly heading towards Ezekiel 36, 37, 38 and the rise of Magog coming against Israel as one of the final chapters of human history and God is going to intervene. Listen, God is in control and He's trying to let us know we don't have much time. Exactly where on the timeline we are, I don't know. But God knows. And Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, look up for your salvation is really, really close. Now, I'm going to look at several scriptures. Luke 21, 26, and this is not my main scripture, but I want to just highlight it. Talks about the last days, men's hearts failing them for fear. Can you say anxiety? And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin, begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption Draws close. The living Bible says. So when all these things begin to happen. And they began when Israel became a nation again. Stand straight and look up for your salvation is near. The message version. And then they'll see the son of man welcomed in grand style. A glorious welcome. When all this starts to happen. Up on your feet. Stand tall with your heads high. uh, Help uh, is on the way. And so that's the, 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 the time of human history that we're living in. And I want to look at the parable of the ten virgins because this is an illustration of what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 24. And now he's given an illustration of it in Matthew chapter 25. And he's saying this is what it's going to be like when the Son of Man comes back. Some are going to be ready and some are not going to be ready even though they've seen the signs of the times. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried or waited, uh, uh, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Uh, Go ye out to meet him. Then all those ten virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, No, not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage uh, and the door was shut uh, afterwards came also the other virgin saying lord lord open to us but he answered and said verily i say unto you i know you not watch therefore for you know not you, for ye you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man comes amen the events that have taken place in israel in the gaza strip In the last few days are literally triggering events uh, all over the world. uh, And listen to me, could very, very easily and very, very quickly escalate to the fulfillment uh, and the fulfilling of prophecies uh, that were made over 2,500 years ago. I remember thinking about John the Baptist. The Bible says he is the voice crying in the wilderness. This is the voice that uh, that Isaiah the prophet said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Well, Isaiah lived 700 years before John the Baptist. Uh, and so for 700 years, that uh, prophecy laid dormant. Uh, and then one day, John the Baptist came on the scene. Uh, and after 700 years of waiting, uh, that prophecy was fulfilled. Uh, amen. Jesus takes uh, the prophecy uh, and his first sermon, he says, Today is this uh, uh, saying fulfilled in your ears. Uh, and so prophecy can lay dormant for years, hundreds, if not thousands of years. Uh, prophecy can lay dormant, uh, and then in a moment of time, in the flash of a pen, uh, boom, it gets fulfilled. And these prophecies about uh, in Ezekiel, and I'm not going to go through those, but these prophecies uh, in Ezekiel 38, talking about Russia coming down against Israel and those type of things. Listen, uh, they were made 2,500 years, 2, years ago, uh, amen, and I'm telling you, it's lining up. Things are happening. Uh, It could very easily, uh, before the end of this week, uh, it could escalate. You and I both know how quickly things can take off nowadays. And my main point I want to make is this. Jesus Christ is coming back very, very soon. I don't know if you sing that song. We sing it uh, uh, when I was first saved, soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. How many sing that song? Listen, it could happen tonight. Amen. Have you ever seen that bumper sticker, Jesus is coming, are you ready? Jesus is ready, are you coming? And that's my question. Now's not the time to chill out, now's not the time to kick back, now's not the time to flake out, uh, and it's especially not the time uh, to backslide. Uh, now is the time to look up, uh, to tighten up, to get up, get moving. Why? Why? Jesus Christ uh, is coming back uh, and I want to consider with you uh, the kingdom of heaven uh, because unfortunately there's something about uh, human nature that tends to get slack uh, over time when we don't see something uh, right away we tend to to, to just pull back uh, and just kind of forget about it uh, and so we want to consider this uh, because as Christians uh, and as believers in and followers of Jesus Christ We exist basically in another world, in another realm, in another nation, in another country, in another nationality, in another mindset. However, you want to word it, this world is not our home. Thank God. Amen. You may live and be born in Canada, but if you are a Christian, heaven is your home, your citizenship is. Is in heaven, right, Martina? She just got her Canadian citizenship. Amen. How many got your heavenly citizenship? You got your papers? <laughs> Hallelujah. There's got to be blood on your papers. His blood. And so there are things that are happening, and we have to look through the prism of the Bible to get the biblical answer. Find out what God's word says. This is why it's so important to know your Bible, what it says, what it means, and how to apply. And first and foremost, uh, we are Christians, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. We are God's people. Thank God for all the different cultures. Thank God for all the different upbringings. It would be very boring if we were all the same. Thank God for different earthly nationalities and ethnicity and all those things. But first and foremost, we are Christians. We are members of the kingdom of heaven. My nationality, I ought to put this on my my passport, Christian. Amen. Where were you born? The kingdom of God. Where is it? Up there. Amen. And in Matthew 24, Jesus said, When you see all these things, know know that it is near even at the door. But as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Uh, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him, in an hour in, that he is not aware of. And here is the great danger. We become so used to that, uh, that saying in that phrase, Jesus is coming back, uh, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back that we can begin to grow complacent uh, and it just becomes a a saying it's still true but it it no longer stirs our heart Uh, it no longer causes us uh, to take heed to ourselves. amen Uh, let me ask you a question if you knew somehow beyond any shadow of a doubt uh, that at midnight uh, Jesus Christ uh, would blow the the angel would blow the trumpet and the rapture would happen uh, how many amen would answer the altar call uh, when I'm finished. Nobody? All right. I mean, no, it's easy to get complacent. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we simply neglect our great salvation? And it seems as if we get lulled into a slumber so easily and so quickly and so often. When I got saved, we didn't think 1982 was going to happen without Jesus coming back. When we got saved, and I remember, uh, I didn't realize it, but the church, the door church there with Pastor Warner, they put out a fake newspaper at the University of Arizona on the campus. And on the headlines, and I'd just gotten there, so I didn't know a whole lot about Arizona. The headline said Millions vanish," and they had a, a, a picture of a tank and something about Israel, and you know, because they had, had the you know they had the seven day or the six day war and the different things. And so I was familiar with that. And I, I pick it up, and man, a panic hits me, and I run back to my room and I take my room, get my room. Look, millions are missing, man, millions. Are missing! And then he starts mocking me, like, ah, that's just that crazy church. He didn't know I just got saved at that crazy church. (laughs) But I thought that thing was real. I'd never heard of the rapture before. But how many believe the king is coming and he's coming soon? He's coming. And the events that we have uh, 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 watched uh, and uh, uh, observed over the past week, uh, Amen. Things are happening, uh, and we're going to look at that in a moment. Uh, but my point is, uh, this word uh, will come to pass. Uh, it is uh, active. It is alive. God is still the orchestra conductor. Uh, things are happening. Uh, if you've ever been to an orchestra, they usually reach a crescendo and then they go back down. Sometimes down to one instrument, uh, and that. that. That uh, musician plays that one instrument, the violin, the flute, the oboe, or something like that, and then they build back up, they build, and then there's the crescendo and all going into that, uh, and it's a powerful thing. Uh, Listen, it's the same way with prophecy it rises up, uh, it goes back down almost to nothing, and then it rises up, uh, and so we're seeing prophecies from 2,500 years ago. Amen. If we're not careful, the level of our expectations concerning his return is lowered much too easily. And With all the distractions and things vying for our attention and our focus, every now and then God has to remind us, hey, stay focused. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of. And when these earth-shaking things happen, 9-11 was one. It's always caused me to retune myself. Living Bible says your Lord will arrive unannounced and unexpected. And this is the parable of the of the 10 virgins is that the Lord arrives unannounced and unexpected These ten virgins are there. They're part of the wedding party. uh, And uh, they they didn't have weddings like we have them back then. Uh, They would get engaged. Many times it was an arranged uh, 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 engagement. uh, And then the groom would go back to his house, build uh, his father's house, and build an addition on it or build his own uh, house. And when he finished the house, uh, he'd come back. He'd get the bride uh, and the wedding party, and they would leave. So it wasn't sure when. Uh, it might be uh, a week from now it might be uh, five months from now depending on the construction project uh, but they were supposed to be always ready uh, and uh, like any good uh, amen groom waiting to get married he finishes uh, he takes off it doesn't matter that it's midnight hey I'm here I'm finished because he's an anxious groom hello then all the virgins arose trimmed their lamps uh, And the foolish said to the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise ones answered, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. And then Jesus says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. I was watching some of the news clips, huh, and they had a big party there in Israel. They're out in the in the in the desert somewhere, and it reminded me of the story of Job, where his sons were out partying, and then out of nowhere, the devil come, boom, and they're all flattened and killed. Listen, that's what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. People are going to be partying. People are going to every day just as normal, everything, and. Boom! Without without announcement, uh, without any type of fanfare, uh, amen, boom, the rapture happens. And I want to declare to you that everything that is needed and that that had to be fulfilled before the rapture has been fulfilled. Every single thing that, that had to be fulfilled before the rapture takes place has been fulfilled. Everything else could either be fulfilled before or after the rapture. Every, he could literally, biblically, come right now. Boom. And I know this building would be empty. Hallelujah. Here's the issue. We don't know how close it is. We don't know how close he is to giving the instructions to blow the trumpet, how many have ever been broken into your house been broken into, and we've been broken into I think twice maybe maybe more I't know I know at least twice, and I remember coming home and I look in how this I mean stuff is thrown around and different and it's a bad feeling and if you had known that you're going to get broken in that night you would have done things differently and so this is what Jesus is saying amen. That if we knew when he was coming, it would be different, but we don't know. And I believe when these events happen in the earth, especially that center around Israel, uh, what it does is it causes us to straighten up and look and remember, you know, we're part of something bigger uh, than this world's events. We're part of something bigger than our own little world that we're uh, uh, functioning in. Uh, We are part of a a grand scheme that God uh, is orchestrating over the entire universe uh, and that's going to culminate in the rapture. uh, Then the the seven-year tribulation period, and then Jesus comes back along with his saints to establish the millennial kingdom here on earth. Amen. And we're so close. And the events that took place this week could very easily escalate and very quickly escalate into the prophecies of Ezekiel God judges the Russian army. Things start happening. Somewhere right in there, the rapture takes place. Now I want to consider the ten virgins. So we used to sing a song, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Did you ever sing that song? Keep me burning to the Steve back there, one of the old timers. I liked it because you don't have to stay on key when you sing it. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps but took no oil. Think about it. They take the lamp. In those days, you had to have. It's like a kerosene lamp. You had to have oil. Why would you take a lamp with no oil? A lamp with no oil is a lamp with no light. And they took it out there. Oh, then they wanted to borrow from uh, the ones that had their oil. But how many know righteousness cannot be borrowed? Can't be borrowed. You can't borrow someone else's righteousness. He said, go get your own. So they left. And as they were gone, the bridegroom came and brought them into the, ch- into the, into the chamber, shut the door, and locked it. And a very interesting uh, uh, comment, he says, no, I never knew you. And I'm not going to go down that road. But it's just a very interesting comment uh, to contemplate. We would all like to think that we're we we are going to be among those five that had their oil with them. We would all like to think that, you know what? That's me. And I can't comprehend how these uh, would try to function without oil my only thought would be at the time when they they got their lamps it had enough oil but they never replenished the oil they never you know went pulled into the gas station and got some more and so somehow it began to wear out there or get used up when they were using the lamp, uh, waiting for the bridegroom or waiting for the groom to come. Uh, amen. Uh, maybe they said, hey, you, you know, you should probably get some more oil before, before uh, you know, you might run. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'll get it next week. I'll get it tomorrow. And then the bridegroom shows up and they're out of oil. Amen. Are you out of oil? It's a picture of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps us ready. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps us on edge. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps us convicted. Amen. And that cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, it keeps our heart and our conscience, like we looked at the other day, right before God, so that if He comes morning, noon, night, or even midnight, you know what? We're ready. When the voice of the bridegroom, when we hear it or the trumpet sound, we hear it. uh, We're ready. uh, Amen. We don't even have to think about it. We're ready. uh, But those without the oil, those without the Holy Ghost, uh, amen. Those without that uh, inner source of light, amen. Uh, When the bridegroom shows up, uh, I got to take care of some things first. Hold on. I'll be back. Let me take care. Wait, wait, wait right there. Too late. Anybody ever miss a plane? I was in Vancouver waiting for my plane, my delayed plane, my canceled flight plane. And I got. I got, went in there to get on, and the new plane came in, and there's this uh, smaller Asian woman. She's running down, the, and she comes up to the gate. Her plane had just taken off to the Philippines. And she's all by herself. And I watched the stewardesses that were there, uh, the, the little helpers there at the gate. They're like... What do you want us to do? There's your plane. You can see it pulling out. Oh, I guess she has to go get another one. After the, there's no other plane after the rapture. One flight. One flight. One flight. And here's my thought. When is Jesus coming? I believe he's coming as soon as he can. As soon as possible for all things to happen that must happen. And then he's coming. When Cheryl and I, when I asked her to marry me, and she said, of course. I mean, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. I've been dying for you to ask me that. That's a joke, folks. And so we went to, I went to Pastor Warner. I, I, uh, uh, we got engaged on December 21st, nineteen eighty. And so I went and was sitting with the Pastor Warner, was praying. When he finished praying, I said, hey, Pastor Warner, uh, I just proposed to Cheryl, and we, we want to get married. And, and, man, he was he was hard. When? I was like, whoa. The reason is we had 20 weddings that year. Sometimes we had weddings in Sunday morning and Sunday night. Sometimes we had them Wednesday night. We said, everybody's wanting to get married. When? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, this was December. I said, August. He goes, Oh, okay. He thought I wanted to get married like tomorrow, and he was getting vexed with all these people wanting to get married like next week. And so uh, uh, I, I said, August. Okay. He said, Okay. All right. So we had dated for four months, and then we were engaged for eight months. And so, and the reason we had to wait till August because that's the only time it would fit. I was in school, and so uh, it couldn't be during school because I couldn't miss the classes. Uh, Her family drove out from New Jersey, so they had to meet their schedule with her other five brothers and sisters. uh, And then my parents with my two brothers uh, coming, uh, and it had to be this big court. And the only time was a short window uh, uh, of actually almost the week uh, uh, that school started. I went with my professors, told them I'm not going to be able to be here for three or four days. I'm going on my honeymoon and da-da-da-da. But the point was that we did it as soon as we could, but uh, as soon as all the things were taken care of that had to be taken care of, including Pastor Warner's uh, 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 input on waiting a while, and so we did all that. But the point is, you know what, I want to get married as soon as I could. And I believe Jesus is the same way. He wants his bride as soon as he can. And when everything gets all in place, I don't think he's just going to be up there chilling out and just waiting. Amen. As soon as I could, we hit the road. Boom, gone. He had us a little lunch. See ya. Have fun. We're gone. Amen. And so these virgins, five were ready and five were not five were ready, five were not the bridegroom was ready, these five uh, 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 virgins were ready, Uh, amen, and that's when it happened, Uh, and the reason they were ready is they had the oil in their lamps the spirit of God was in them Uh, they were filled with the Holy Ghost they were ready to go, Uh, amen Uh, and the analogy is uh, now is not the time to mess around, uh, or be messing around, now is not the time to be caught not ready uh, or without oil, Uh, Things are happening in our world. They're happening very rapidly. They're happening very quickly. Uh, Amen. Uh, And in a moment of time. Boom. The rapture could happen. We're out of here. We won't have to worry about a building problem. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Every single thing that needs to happen. Before the rapture of the church. Has already happened. Every single thing, prophetically, that has to happen before the rapture has taken place. All the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. Uh, Amen. There's a time where God says, no man knows the day or the hour, but we know the season. And everything that God said needed to happen and that would happen before he takes his bride away to be with him in heaven. Has already taken place, and I believe what happens is we tend to lose sight of this. We tend to kind of, you know, really, you know, all the virgins they fell asleep. That's a nat- you, you know, there's a natural. You can't live all amped up all the time. But I believe God allows some of these things happen to get our attention, not to, not to, you know, rally and do, but to get our attention. Hey, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Things are happening in the world. Just because we don't see things happen, they're happening. And I think most of us here could very easily see how this thing could escalate. Russia gets involved. Iran comes in and does all that stuff. That's all prophecy. That's prophecy. That's prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Prophecy. 2,500-year-old prophecy waking up and becoming as fresh as tomorrow's newspaper. We could go to sleep tonight, and tomorrow we could wake up and go, whoa. Let me know that. Are you ready? It said, as the days of Noah, so shall it be. Noah was marked by violence and, and, and uh, uh, wicked imagination as the days of Lot. Days of Lot were... Defined by extreme immorality and uncleanness. Amen. Events that have happened this week. Emotions run high and are very intense in some places. But it's our job and our responsibility as Christians. To look to the word of God. Locate ourselves in the word of God. Listen to the spirit of God. And then preach the gospel. Jesus is coming back soon. Listen to Zechariah. We're going to bring this to a close. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people round about. When they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered gathered together against it. And so this was written by an obscure little man named Zechariah about an obscure little town named Jerusalem, you know, 23, 2400 years ago. And yet it's true. Whatever goes down in Jerusalem affects the whole world. That's not by accident. That's biblical prophecy taking place. And I believe that God's trying to remind us just every now and then when we start to get slack, something else happens that gets our say, oh, yeah, okay. let me let me let me make sure that I'm staying focused. Uh, Amen. Jesus is coming back. The rapture is going to happen and I need to do uh, all that I can do. I close with a story. This happened in the Munich Olympics. I remember when it happened 1972. There were three uh, sprinters from the United States, one named Robert Taylor, one named Eddie Hart, one named Ray Robinson. And so uh, they all ran the 100 and they also ran the 4 by 100 relay. And uh, as they were there, and they'd uh, they'd run their first heat in the quarterfinals, or before the quarterfinals, and they had had, uh, qualified very easily, so they went back to the Olympic uh, 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 village there, and they were going to rest a little bit, uh, and then come back later that afternoon and run again. And so, as they were walking, they 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 came by the ABC uh, sports uh, uh, news place. They went in to watch some of the clips, uh, and they're watching what they thought were reruns of their earlier heats where they were running. And then they realized they weren't earlier heats, so that they were they weren't reruns. They were it was live TV, and they were scheduled to, to be in those heats. But what had happened? Their coach had an old schedule. He hadn't gotten the revised schedule. So they're looking at it. And the the two runners, Eddie Hart and Ray Robinson, were in the second heat. And Robert Taylor was in the third heat. So they asked the guy in the the TV place, hey, you got a car? We need to get back. And so they take off and they get there. But they get there too late for Eddie Hart and Ray Robinson. Their heat was already over. They got there just in time for Robert Taylor to get there, take off his sweatpants, put on some shoes. He did about three of these, got in the starting by boom. And he qualified, but the other two missed. They've been training for that their entire lives. And they missed the timing. They missed the timing by, you know why God doesn't tell us when? Because then we'd be late. And Red Taylor gets it. Now they went on to win the four by by four hundred or four by one hundred. That was fine, but for the uh, for the hundred yard or the hundred meter, they they missed it. They missed it. They missed the timing. All that training, all that that because they got the wrong schedule. What a tragedy to miss the rapture because you're not ready. Or because you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. See, not that filled the Holy Ghost qualifies you, but filled the Holy Ghost helps you stay ready. Helps you stay ready. Let's bow our heads.